uh, anti-Trump hate. Sure, absolutely. If he had announced they were going to stay for another 10 years, you would have the same reaction, just with different words. Oh, I know. And I would love to be able to run some sort of computer simulation where Obama announced we're leaving Syria and Afghanistan. And so many of the people, this is a disaster. Pulling out. Are you kidding? That would be cheering that. In the New York Times, yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, we got clips of the year and plenty of them today we're looking forward to. Let's introduce everybody in the squad on this holly jolly Christmas day. You know, it's the shortest day of the year. It's the first day of winter. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It's, uh, it's National Optimism Day. Day the start days get, get longer. Days start getting longer tomorrow, yes. which is very, very exciting. Let's yes. start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. He's wearing a Santa hat, of course. Um, how are you this morning, Michelangelo? Good, good, good. I'm feeling very festive. I'm ready for Christmas. All of a sudden, I'm getting the Christmas spirit, and I love doing this show this is my favorite show of the year, you know, when you uh, do the gift exchange and we have the music, and it's just, I can kick back and relax. Yeah, the uh, the show I like, my the, 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 the things at home are so crazy. The having a kid with a birthday on the 23rd, well, I understand we got so many texts yesterday from people said we do the half birthday thing, they do it in the middle of the summer, for a variety of reasons, um, uh, including for the kid, you know, you get presents for two days and then you go a whole year without anything yeah. uh, more or less but uh, it makes it so damned hectic getting ready for a birthday and christmas in the same oh, little man. spot that's insane uh there is a uh, positive sean who's wearing as always the full elf outfit he's got the tights he's got the little <laughs> shoes with the turned up toes with the balls on them how are you this morning positive sean i had to take the bells off because we are in an audio industry it would have been distracting for the remainder of the show but Appreciate yes it. i'm elfin um uh <laughs> Uh, this movie, uh, four movies coming out, or actually three, maybe four movies coming out this weekend. As uh, we'll get to that bit in a second, we got the the Aquaman, the half man, half fish, fighting to keep peace between the oceans and the planet, or something. And that's the guy that was that hosted Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Man, is he a beast of a human uh, being? He is chiseled from granite. <laughs> is there going to be any advantage to that in the future with CGI and everything like that? That you actually have to be. A three hundred pound statue to be in these movies. It helps on the promotional tours. I when, suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Transformers spin. You can't have me walk out there. Hey, I'm Aquaman. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Transformers spinoff is coming out. Uh, Steve Carell got a movie out that's going to try to make you cry. Jeez, that looks like the saddest movie anybody's ever made in the history of movies. <laughs> it looks like a tearjerker. Who wants yeah. to go see that? Oh my God, the the background story in that. I don't even want to repeat. But I am happy to bring back my uh, my new favorite feature, where I bring to you, Jack and Joe, a movie, and I describe it, and you have to tell me if I'm making it up or if this is a real movie coming out. Now, <laughs> the movie is called Second Act. It is uh, a romantic comedy. This movie may or may not star Jennifer Lopez, Leah Remini, and Larry Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Miller. Uh, love Larry Miller, so I hope it exists. <laughs> what, it's a, what, what this movie is about. Maya is 40, 40 and struggling from unfulfilled dreams. Really? Because oh, no, that never happens. <laughs> but when she gets a chance to prove herself on Madison Avenue, guess what? She realizes it's never too late for a second chance. Is this a real movie or oh a fake movie? God, it doesn't even make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Why did that make me so sad? <laughs> so she becomes like a star advertising executive? Apparently. That's sickening. Never too late for a second chance at love, Joe. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> All right. Is it real? It's probably real. Wrong or right? Yeah, it's a real real movie. Yeah, that's a real one. She's 40 and life didn't turn out the way she thought it would. Well, that's oh. I'll be damned. Pathetic. <laughs> I can't believe that. Oh. Ah, there's Marshall Phillips' big white beard Santa hat. That's a pillow in there? It is indeed. Merry Christmas, Marshall Phillips. Ho, ho, ho. A trio of celebrity birthdays for yo. And... <laughs> 
This is one where I'm going to let you guess who has the highest net worth out of these oh, three. Oh, this is always fun. Always uh, festive. First up, actor and film producer Samuel L. Jackson turns 70 today. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah. Ray Romano, beloved Ray Romano, comedian, actor. He's 61 today. Let's see. It's all going to be about the uh, residuals. And 20- Back to Samuel L. Jackson. If you see a wallet that says old mf that belongs to me. <laughs> Bad. Oh, old, I get it. Yeah, it's a joke on his age. Uh, I get it. <laughs> and- He's 70, you see. Okay. And actor and star at 24, Kiefer Sutherland, is 52 today. Mm. All right. Now, out of those three, who do you think is the wealthiest? Uh, clearly the middle guy. Yeah, I'm going to say Ray, Ray Romano because uh, he, I believe he, he created and was the executive producer of that show. And sold it into syndication, so he's yeah. got to be crazy rich. Yeah. Sean, you have a guess on uh, this? I think Sam Jackson because he's been in 182 movies. He does not say no. <laughs> right. What do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do it. All That's right. true. Sometimes he 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 yeah. films a second movie while he's filming a movie. Yes. He'll like step off set, claim he's going to the bathroom, and do a couple scenes. And that was for not another a made-up number. His IMDb page has him credited in acting in 182 movies. Wow, yeah. wow. that is amazing. Great, Scott. So I'm 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 feeling so bold today. I'm ranking them: Ray Romano, Sam Jackson, Kiefer Sutherland. There you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you who gets the big prize. <laughs> Oh, it goes to our elf positive shot. That's right, baby. Oh. Samuel L. Jackson's net worth $220 million. Mm. He's also in those uh, the Marvel movies, so right. he's got a lot of oh, right. money and on And he that. does a lot of commercials. I was just going to yeah. mention the commercials. I forgot about that. He does a gazillion like uh, voiceover endorsements, stars, right. and yeah, that sort of stuff. Where there's yeah. a lot of money in that. In second place, you have got Ray Romano with $134 million. And Jack Keith, Bauer at the bottom end. Keith Sutherland, $75 million. Buy this mother effing product. <laughs> That's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Right there. It's nicely done. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, first day of winter, December 21st, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I, for one, cannot wait to get down to clips of the year, so let's get down to business, precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Let's go at Mark. Be- Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. That's a hilarious clip of Donald Trump doing a, the Green Acres song on I some. Remember that. What show did he do that on? I think it was an award show. And, yeah. I rem- and I remember that came out after the election, and we were all wondering how did one of his opponents not float that out there at some point? Because he looks pretty ridiculous in that <laughs> video. But, uh, yeah, that remained hidden. He tweeted that out yesterday (laughs) as a promotional announcement for an upcoming farm bill signing. There you go. Awesome. He tweeted that out. We the people on this farm. (laughs) That's beautiful. But, but, you know, if if one of his opponents had put that out before the election and he were a politician, that might have hurt him. Right. But I'm telling you, it's just it's another goofy regular guy thing. There you go. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, DefSec Mad Dog Mattis out as more U.S. troop withdrawals from the Middle East surface. Trump Twitter volley this morning, raising the stakes in the border wall brawl. And this Buds for You takes on a whole new meaning. Coming up. So we got clips of the year, and we'll be playing that uh, every segment all morning long, and it's usually a pretty good time. And uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. You got a little mailbag, I guess? Oh, yeah. We'll squeeze it in as necessary around clips of the year. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation.
come Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Ho, ho, ho! Blixen and Blixen and all his reindeers pulling on the rain. So my memory is of being a kid uh, singing lots of Christmas songs in school. Heck yeah. They, oh, don't yeah. Do, they don't do that anymore. Cherished memories. Now it might be offensive to somebody. Is that why? Because we're a multicultural. Because just, it just occurred to me the other day that my, my third grader doesn't know the words to Jingle Bells. He's never been in a setting where they sing it. Well, Jingle Bells is a snow song. You'd think you could sing. I mean, there are secular, quote-unquote, Christmas songs that never mention anything about Christmas. It might be more to do with eliminating that sort of thing from schooling because of budget cuts or whatever happened. But, but yeah. Well, and, they, and what do you call it? Common core and standardized testing. Right. But when I was a kid, yeah, we, we sang all those Christmas songs. And my and my son, my kids don't know the words to any of them. That's interesting. Which makes me think they might kind of drift away over the years. I don't know. Who knows? Wow, that's Doesn't matter. sad. You made me sad. It does matter. It matters deeply. Hmm. Here's a headline we may or may not get to. Innocent man billed $4,600 for police rectal probe. Wow. You didn't do anything. They do that, then they hand you a bill for almost five girls? <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that's a nice deal. May I pay this by check? <laughs> Holy cats! That's uh, brutal. I, I just we got to get to clips of the year, right? We got to yes, jump into that. But I I feel like I got to tip my because if you're if you're looking at the Washington Post today or turning on any of the cable news channels other than Fox, the world has come to us to an end. I mean, this was by by even by the standards of the crazy Donald Trump presidency, we are into uh, never never land now, people. You know, hold your loved ones close to you, uh, get canned food, stay in your closet all day long. Because of the Syria and Afghanistan uh, announcements? Combination of the stock market being down, which it is down a lot. All three major indexes down double digits for December. Yeah. Um, uh, The SECTEF resigning. And um, what's the other one? Oh, the government is going to shut down. So those three things, complete chaos in this country. Oh, my God, this is the worst thing we've ever been through since the Civil War. I actually heard somebody say that. Oh, my gosh, no. Yeah. That's hilarious. Hey, turn off that garbage and live your lives, folks, and you'll find yourself with a happy life. You'll find when we come back uh, on the air in January that all this magically worked itself out one way or another, and everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, that is just something. I, you know what? And listen, Jack, you and I, are we're probably stupid guys for not resorting to that sort of thing probably. to get more listeners. We are, but I won't do it. I will not try to terrify people into, you know, staying glued to their radio or the, the you know, podcast or computer or whatever. I just, I, I think they, do they, I don't think they're, I know you think they're being, uh, the, the, they're trying to get ratings. They believe it. They believe it to the marrow of their bones. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I believe in their home lives. They're just as scared as they are on TV. Wow. Wow. Well, I pity them. I pity them. On the other hand, there's no time for pity. It's time to take a fond look back at the year that was. It's Koi Clips of the Year. It's a cow. It's 2018. Marijuana is finally allowed and sexual harassment finally isn't. (laughs) That a new day is on the horizon. If we do this properly, DACA, you're not so far away from comprehensive immigration reform. And if you want to take it that further step, I'll take the heat. I don't care. I don't care. I'll take all the heat you want to give me. And I'll take the heat off both the Democrats and the Republicans. The president has been, as the kids say, crushing it. You read it, right? Yeah, Yeah, of course. (laughs) Then you liked it. You had fun. I, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, what's the problem? 
We're just 13 hours and 55 minutes away, ladies and gentlemen. It's the final countdown. The government will shut down. Children, come to me. Come to me. This is the end, children. The State of the Union is being delivered by Donald Trump. What he is doing brings tears to the eyes of the Statue of Liberty and instills fear in the hearts of people who are concerned about our dreamers. Shut up, bitch. I ain't got socks on because I'm tipsy. <laughs> this budget deal is the first real sprout of bipartisanship. This bill represents a significant bipartisan step forward. Somebody said treasonous. I mean, yeah, I guess why not? No one will read this bill. Nothing will be reformed. The waste will continue and government will keep taking your money irresponsibly and adding to a $20 trillion debt. Just listen to the classic Sam Cooke song. Cupid's draw back your bow, let your arrow go straight to my lover's heart. That's a kill shot, pal. You bleed out in 10 seconds. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of a nation. Wow. So we should have pointed out we're doing the clips of the year in chronological order, and that was some January, February stuff for you. And obviously... The fact that we were mocking a government shutdown almost a full year ago right? about illegal immigration and how to handle it is just amazing. Well, yeah, I know. I'm astounded. We were mocking the absurdity of it and, and just the overblown, heated rhetoric of it. And this is the second one in a calendar year. And, and yet we're supposed to be all aghast and concerned about it again. I just, I, I don't get it. Similarly, we <laughs> really were all don't. upset about Kevin Hart a full year ago, who was tips, <laughs> tipsy during the, after the Super Bowl, and then a, another uh, blow to Kevin Hart's reputation later in the year. It's been a tough year for Kevin Hart. Um, <laughs> and his $57 million that he made. Yeah, the only true thing politics-wise that was said in there was said by Rand Paul, as usual. And yeah. we'll just, we'll, we'll come up with a continuing resolution, we'll do nothing about the border, nothing about the budget, nothing about the debt, and we'll just keep on keeping on, which is what we're going to do again, one way or another, some point today, tomorrow, whenever. And run up more debt. Exactly, right. and not deal with illegal immigration, and, and just, again... Again, how priceless was the Nancy Pelosi clip? I, I've forgotten all about that one. There are tears coming from the eyes of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, boy. Well, did you see her come out for the big press conference, her and Schumer, yesterday over the government shutdown and the wall and all that sort of stuff? It's just, it was, God dang it. That was awesome that our first clips of the year featured what could have been from yesterday about the government shutdown. Right. Hilarious. Your kids know this one? N- no, they don't know any Christmas song. Well, they don't know the words to any. They've heard them, but yeah, they don't sing them anymore. Huh? Whatever happened to saying Merry Christmas? I'm with Trump. Yeah, the American culture, it's, it should be swept away, flushed away, because it's evil, patriarchal. It's not the most successful and wonderful culture on Earth. We've got more clips of the year on the way. We'll try to jam one in after Marshall's News, which is next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we want to 
play this uh, toward to the end of the hour. We interviewed Mike Lyons yesterday, our military strategist. And the reason we want to play it, if you didn't <clears throat> hear it yesterday, I expected him to be against Trump's decision to pull troops out of Syria. He he uh, loves the idea and explains why. Um, and uh, obviously Mattis didn't like the idea, the Secretary right. of Defense. But uh, So you'll hear that reasoning coming up. And we got plenty of clips of the year, which is going to be lots of fun all morning long. So I hope you can stay tuned. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, as you were saying, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis is resigning. In a letter to the president, Mattis said he's stepping down because Trump deserves a secretary more in line with his views. Mattis' decision coming a day after Trump announcing he's going to pull U.S. troops out of Syria. And Mattis reportedly tried to talk Trump out of that move. In his resignation letter, Mattis also stressed his belief in the importance of America's international alliances and warned about China and Russia's aims at creating what he called a world consistent with their authoritarian model. What's pretty clear from the letter is that he was chafing at a lot of the uh, disagreements he had with Donald Trump. Uh, the more you read it, the more I read it, the more it's pretty clear it's a, uh, here's what I didn't agree with. But here, so they had a lot of issues. But yeah, a lot of things he didn't right. agree with, but the Syria one was just a, a bridge too far, as they say. Straw that broke the camel's back. But yeah. so so that you don't hear that there's uniform disagreement over Trump's decision in Syria, we've got Mike Lyons coming mm-hmm. up and listen to his reasoning. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Right. Senator Chuck Schumer was uh, said he was shocked by uh, Mattis' uh, resignation, expressing concern about the chaos in the administration and the message's departure will send to the world. Secretary Mattis was one of the few symbols, the few items of strength and stability in this administration. I have no interest in anything Chuck Schumer says on any occasion. Marshall, keep that in mind going forward into 2019. I hate politics, and uh, here's one of the many reasons why. I wish we could have a grown-up conversation about troops in Syria and Afghanistan and not just get into our bunkers over whether it helps Trump or hurts Trump. That's a serious decision about, you know, world-shaping events. What do you actually think we're accomplishing? Is it a good idea to stay or not? I don't know that I'm right. I've felt it's a waste of time being in Afghanistan for years. Um, and now it looks like Trump's going to pull out of Afghanistan. Right. And getting into that, <laughs> President Trump reportedly uh, planning to withdraw about half of the American troops serving in Afghanistan in, this, in the coming months. That's going to add up to about 7,000 troops. Yeah, both the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times reporting that Trump made the decision to pull out the soldiers at the same time he decided to pull American forces from Syria. A source telling the Times the decision was made to force Afghan forces to become less reliant on American troops. They're doomed. We just have to live with that. They were doomed two years ago. They'd be doomed two years from now. Right. The decision is you're going to stay there forever or not. Right. Trump's decided no. President Trump doing a lot of tweeting this morning saying if the government has a potential or partial shutdown tonight, it will be a Democratic shutdown. House Republicans approved a bill to fund Trump's $5 billion border wall, and the Senate votes today to pass the measure and avert a shutdown. Trump tweeting, if enough Dems don't vote, it will be a Democratic shutdown, and it will be a shutdown that will last for a very long time. Whatever. This will get worked out. Nothing will happen on illegal immigration. The government will get back to work. And uh, you won't the even budget's re- bloat will continue. You will not remember this by Christmas morning. All right, on a on a different note, on a happier note, in a way. When you say but, you've gone as far as you can go to get the very best. When you say but, why are you screaming at me? You've said it all. <laughs> 
I'll have a bud taking on a new meeting. Budweiser's teaming up with the Canadian pharmaceutical and cannabis company Tilray to research oh, drinks it. laced with cannabis. Hmm. The world's biggest brewer is the latest major company to look into the marijuana market after Canada and nearly a dozen U.S. states have legalized recreational weed. This is the second uh, beer manufacturer that's gotten into it. Constellation Brands, uh, whose biggest brand is probably Corona. They're also uh, bought into a Canadian pot company as well. They there's a lot of money in this particular new intoxicant, Uh, newly legal intoxicant. Instead of meaningful connections with other humans, numbing ourselves. Marijuana fiends. At least publicly, they're they're, saying saying that they like the the CBD infused drinks which is not the the intoxicating part of the marijuana but they're alcohol companies so I don't sure want to fix aware. my arthritis I want to be drunk <laughs> <laughs> All right that is a wrap that's your news I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty show that's the conscience of the nation So we got more clips of the year this is March and April I can't wait to hear what happened way back then it's fun. Go ahead just make it happen Congressional investigations uh, leak like the Gossip Girls. You had the perfect chance to check out your daughter's friends and you let her play you like a chump. This is going to come as a shock to people, but I actually trust my kids. Uh, Here's why you can't trust your kids. Because they're stupid. (laughs) Hey, remember? They made a movie about me. Yeah, it was called Gladiator. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. Funny, huh, Colin? I don't dance now. I make money. Congress shall topple no government until it finishes rebuilding the last government it toppled. So my question is, did anyone at Facebook have a conversation at the time that uh, you became aware of this breach and have a conversation wherein the decision was made not to contact the user? I don't like any new songs. Because every new song is about how tonight is the night and how we only have tonight. That's the message in 90% of songs. That's such 19-year-old garbage. I want to write songs for people in their 30s called Tonight's No Good, How About Wednesday? A new yoga class is being offered in New York in which people exercise with goats. The way it works is, it doesn't. The gun was kind of jammed up and it was pushed down, so we were scuffling. I managed to get him with one hand on the gun, and then I grabbed it from him, and I threw it over the countertop. How many apps do you think there are? How many developers who did what you did? Tens of thousands. I would give myself an A+. So here's one that that great character from Saturday Night Live mocking Zuckerberg with that laugh and everything like that. They haven't brought that back with all the Zuckerberg news that's existed. Did did they, did they get scared off somehow by Facebook? Wow. Did they get threatened somehow by the mighty hand and the money of Facebook? I wonder. It is an odd comedic decision because it's such huge news. Right. And I got to believe a lot of uh, SNL uh, viewers feel like they've been screwed by Facebook. And uh, so, I don't know. Hmm. I'm smelling a conspiracy. Jones, barbecue, and foot massage. Or is it because Mark Zuckerberg's a liberal? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Is anyway, it? 
We've got more clips of the year coming up, and uh, that's very exciting as we'll get into May in just a little bit. We're going to replay, and I, I want to mention that we did this yesterday, because this was before the Mattis resignation came down. Um, the Trump hating media is universal in that Trump pulling out of Syria is a terrible decision. And, uh, and uh, oh my God, what are we going to do without Mad Dog Mattis? So we'll hear the reasoning from one military strategist on why he was okay with the decision. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Oh, what fun. is a thing. Well, this is interesting. I just saw Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC say it was specifically Mattis's Mattis's objections to the Syrian policy that made him quit. Um, hmm. uh, that that was the the decision maker yesterday. Mattis went down. I said, hey, "I need to talk to you in your office." Mattis went down to the Oval Office, sat there with Trump, talked to him for quite a while, trying to talk Trump out of the Syria thing. Trump said, "No, I'm sticking with it," and that was why. Mattis said, okay, then i got to get out of here, according to Andrea Mitchell of MSNBC. Well, that may be totally untrue, completely true, or half true. Well, it's at least partially true. Yeah, everybody's reporting that. I think it sounds right to me. So, listen, uh, we've got some important stuff to get to now. Coming up, more clips of the year, plus the uh, legendary gift exchange later on in the show. Uh, but we so we talked to Mike Lyons yesterday, who was uh, who is a military analyst, and we wanted to uh, revisit this since this Decision on Syria, you know, ended up later in the day being the Secretary of Defense resigning. Military Mike Lyons, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, guys. Great to be back with you. Yeah, I have, I have a feeling you don't like this move from the president pulling troops out of Syria. No, no, I'm, I'm actually fine with it. What okay. Seeing... I, wow. Okay, hold on. We've been assuming all morning long you were on the, uh, you were more Lindsey Graham than Rand Paul. So explain. Oh, no, 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 no. I, first of all, you're seeing everybody show their two stripes, okay? I, I've got people who hate Trump, that have been talking about pulling out of Syria for the past two years, now want to stay in Syria. So you've got that crowd. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and and, but the foreign policy um, crowd swamp in Washington, D.C., is so emotionally invested in this whole Middle East policy for the past 20 years. So any change to what we're doing, they're not going to like no matter what. Nobody can tell you what the 2,000 troops are actually doing in Syria if they're pulling triggers what specifically they're doing. We do know what they're doing is they're actually helping the Kurds and they're helping um, them defeat ISIS. But the foreign policy crowd really wants them in Syria to, to be as a deterrent for Russia and Iran. That's what they really want them there for. But there's a very legal, thin um, re- requirement that, that put them there in the first place, back when the Obama administration put them there. So they were, they were put there for the wrong reason. And that reason continues. So I think we're just correcting something that the Obama administration did that we've already given Syria to the Russians five years ago. That, that, well, that was done five years ago. This is nothing. Okay, interesting. I was reading the Cato Institute's uh, paper on this, and they're hardcore non-interventionists, and they're very happy about this. Although they do say it was so sudden and, and wild, they, it just it was probably not the way it should have been handled. But so if we get into the legalities of things, I think we're going to get bogged down. Just for a right. moment, let's deal with the practical aspects of this. There are twenty to thirty thousand ISIS troops allegedly still on the ground, not to mention Al Qaeda in the area. That fight hasn't ended. How do you? Respond to that argument. Okay, so I, I'm I question that number. So that number now has been surfaced over the past um, 24 hours because that number supports keeping troops there. 
because that number has been down to 8,000 in the past. All of a sudden now, people who support keeping troops there post that number back up to 30,000. The bottom line is they don't control any of the land that they used to control. They don't control Raqqa. They don't control Aleppo, the places where they used to have. It's less than 1% of the land mass of Syria. So they might have small little pockets there that, that, that they might be controlling. But where are they going to get more people all of a sudden to join their ranks? So, so the, the, I question that number to begin with. I'm not sure it's 30,000. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we cannot abandon our loyal friends, the brave, brave Kurds. We talked with you about the other day that uh, Turkey's uh-huh. talking about uh, wiping off the, the face of the planet. Well, again, the Kurds don't have a nation state. We have to act in our own best interests. And unfortunately, we've abandoned the Kurds before. Um, but the Turks are now talking about running uh, through the northern part of Syria there. And, and if U.S. forces are involved, they basically told the president that uh, if they get in the way, they're going to be casualties. So until the rest of the world figures out the Kurd problem, which we thought were going to, was going to get figured out after the First World War, 1920, there was an agreement to do something with Kurdistan. It hasn't happened in the region. So unless we're willing to go down that path right now, 20, again, 2,500 U.S. soldiers is not protecting the world from this mass meltdown of, of, of humanity that's going to take place if they leave. So I'm, well, I'd, although you're dis, I, Mike, uh, forgive me, but it seems like you're dismissing a little too easily the presence of the U.S. troops there. I mean, Erdogan might say, "Hey, if you get in our way, we're going to wipe you out." But when was the last time he fired on Americans? He doesn't want to do that. No, but but so that gets back to the concept of you know I, I could be a Roman citizen, walk the earth, and all I need to have is one troop. You can you can you know one person there. You you could argue you could take thirty thousand troops out of South Korea, and as long as you have one soldier there defending it i think those days are really over and i do believe that there's something that something could happen let's let's say let's let's go back 25 years when we put 2500 troops in mogadishu nobody knew they were there and all of a sudden they get involved in a a land battle and we have two blackhawks go down and eight and 20 soldiers are killed then what happens Uh, then then all of a sudden the americans uh, the american public is outraged because we no longer have uh, uh you know we don't what are we doing in mogadishu that situation can easily replicate itself so I want to make sure I understand your argument. Your argument is not that um, we don't want to uh, cede this area to Russia or Iran. You're saying it already happened a long time ago. So what are we doing now? Is that correct? That's right. Uh, uh, Syria is a client state of both the Iranians and the Russians. It happened the day that John Kerry allowed the Russians back in to inspect the Syrian chemical weapon munitions that, that they never did properly. So that, that happened a long time ago. The Obama administration gave basically Russia to Syria. They were already an Iranian client from the beginning with. And unless we're willing to put, you know, 60,000 troops there, it's not, it's not the same as leaving Iraq. When we were in Iraq, we were with the, a government that was there with an occupying force. We had the 1st Armored Division, forty to 60,000 troops, and we pulled them out. Completely different situation than 2,500 troops and advisors that are, that are, again, not pulling triggers every day inside of Syria. The Washington Post is acting, uh, Mike Lyon, CBS military analyst, as if the uh, the Trump call with Erdogan was a big turning point, that Erdogan may have stressed to Trump that Syrian Kurds were terrorists. And uh, uh, I, I'm troubled by the idea of uh, Rajiv Erdogan influencing our president too much. Do you think that was a factor? Or is uh, Trump just looking out for American self-interest? I think hard to say. I think this is another good example of Trump promised he was going to take troops out of Syria. He's listened to people before. I, I think this is, again, a good example of, you know, I read a Washington Post article that says we're disrespecting General Mattis because we're not listening to him. 
I mean, again, the, the foreign policy community has a vested interest in keeping the status quo, full stop. And so because of that, you have a disruptive president that comes in that instinctively says, what are 2,500 troops doing there that I can't just pull them out? We can't do whatever we can from the air or from, from other military assets. They're not leaving the region. We're just going to have lots of troops in Kuwait. If we had to ever go back into Syria, we could actually do that if we had to. Interesting. CBS uh, military analyst Mike Lyons on the line. Man, I'm glad we had you on. That's very interesting perspective, Mike, in running counter to what I thought you were going to say. So shows yeah. shows I don't know you very well. That's what it shows. Well, I mean, again, I, I think everyone's showing their stripes. and I, It's not like it's not the same analogies with Iraq. Things are different at this point. And, and this thing, this, this hysteria of the of the, the world's going to melt down is just shows you that we can't even have a debate about it. We can't even discuss what what actually other situ what's the situation actually on the ground there isis is not as strong as they've been there before and it if it allows congress to debate the issue as to why we have troops there that's a good thing fair enough mike lyons mike thanks a million great to talk to you great guy thanks for having me and then so later in the day uh the secretary of defense resigns over that decision all the major news outlets reporting it was their disagreement over syria that was it just something he couldn't take yeah, I think that's partly true. I think it has more to do with Mattis, and he made this point over and over again in his resignation letter, prizes, allegiances, allies, networks, that sort of thing, and he doesn't see the president as valuing them the same way he does. That's long and short. You know, Siri is an example. More clips of the year coming up. Clips of the year. So much fun. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.